We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Time now for NFL Sunday with Super Bowl champion Jermaine Wiggins. Alongside Andy Gresh and Rich Keefe. NFL Sunday is co-sponsored by Zudi. Build any application your company needs in one week. Visit ZUDY.com for your free trial. By the New England Recovery Center in Marlboro, Mass. Where recovery is possible. By your local New England Kubota tractor dealers. And by Northeast Electrical. Where pros need pros at needco.com. Now, here's Wiggy, Gresh, and Keith on WEEI. Welcome in to NFL. It's Sunday, gentlemen. Holy smoke, man. Oh, man. It is NFL that. Sunday. It's Gresh. Woo. It's Keith. It's Wiggy. We've got you until 12.05 when we hand it off wow. to Red Sox baseball. So for the first couple of weeks of NFL Sunday, it will be abbreviated editions of NFL Sunday, but we're going to be with you all season long. The New England Patriots will kick off in Miami. That'll be at uh, 1 o'clock and... Uh, well, we're back together once again. Jermaine Wiggins, Keith is here. Uh, Tommy Curran will join us at uh, 11 o'clock to give us the very latest on all the whatnot and goings on, not only with the Patriots, but in the NFL as well. And, uh, man, Wiggs, thank mm. God we are finally here. <laughs> I've never been so excited. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you because there's so much intrigue. There's so much to look forward to. There's so much of the, okay, what is this really going to look like? I know Mike Giardi, that duplicitous pond scum, but a friend <laughs> nonetheless, put on Twitter that a, a Patriots offensive player told him that, uh, hey, we needed a good two weeks and we've had a good two weeks. And How do we feel about that? The whole, How do we feel about that? And all that? Was no. the Cowboys yeah. We're off and running. There was no other opponent? Was there right. no other team? Was that right. part of it, Wig? Like when, when you start so low, if it's not that bad, you feel like it was really good? Is that right. part of maybe what he's saying? Well, you know, I, I played 10 years professionally and Very a nice. lot of years in college and uh-huh. high school. And, <laughs> you know, I've never been part of a team where, okay, you struggled pretty much all of the offseason and then you could yeah. just flip the switch. Like this whole thing, this two-week thing, I'm not buying it. I think we saw a lot of what we're going to see throughout the season. Like, What's the magical thing that's going to happen? I remember it was Rick Pitino who said, Larry Bird is not walking through that door. <laughs> what is, what is going to happen today mm-hmm. that we haven't seen all training camp long, preseason long, that's going to make them go, here's who we really are? And I, I – Agree with you on the flip the switch thing when you don't have the established superstar. Like it's one right. thing, and like if Tom Brady or LeBron James right. happens to like bad practice, bad practice, bad game, bad right. game, then you're like, guys, all right, we got to figure right. it out. But when you have so many new pieces on the coaching right. staff and on the field, that's yeah, the that's Rams. Tough to do. The Rams. They talked about the uh, the Buffalo Rams game. Yeah, they talked about the fact that the, a lot of those Rams players didn't play. 
But right. they, I could see them going, okay, we didn't play a lot in the preseason, but we could flip the switch, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and the only thing that you saw in that game where you go, okay, you could tell they needed a little bit more preseason time together was the relationship between Stafford and Allen Robinson. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. But Stafford and Cooper Cup, I mean, they're ready to go. Like you said, Rich, if, but you don't have those guys. No, you don't. So where is this switch that you're going to (laughs) flip? I don't know. Well, we're going to get deeper into the offense coming up. But uh, one of the things that is very real today, Wiggs, Mm -hmm. I want to get your thoughts on this. Here are the weather stats for today, apparently. Give me some weather stats. Yeah, it is uh, scheduled to be 91 degrees with a real feel of 103. 61% humidity. Extreme UV index, possible thunderstorms. <laughs> now, here's the Never weird. A good thing. Well, here's the weird thing about that whole uh, Hard Rock Stadium or whatever they call that down there now is they've kind of they got the the fans are protected by the roof right. and the home sideline is protected by the roof. The mm-hmm. visiting sideline is protected by nothing. Can so you bring your own little tent, your own little poncho? You go to your kids' soccer games and you bring the little uh, setup there? A big camper right on yes. the side. You can yeah. So you want one of the, the things RV. they put on, they, people wear their hats like the little umbrella hats <laughs> put on top of the helmets? Yeah, stay oh, in no, the shade. So, Wiggs, in terms of the heat, I know they've been down there the past couple of days to get ready for but even this game day forecast right. sounds pretty stupid. Uh, as a player, what it, how how do you how do you find a way to deal with it? If you're an organization, how do you find a way to deal with it? Mm-hmm. That sun's just beating down on your sideline for four hours. Well, I heard you guys talking to Jalen Mills. I believe that yeah. was Friday. He was yes. like, "Yeah, I'm from South Florida," and I'm like, "Okay, bro." But you've been up here most of the time. I know when we played in Miami yeah. back in 2000, and I played there a, a bunch of times. I remember walking off that plane back there when Brady's first game down there. Yeah. I forget when uh, two thousand and one. It just hits you, man. Yeah, slap. I would rather play at minus fifty degrees than that type of heat. He'd rather be really he'd cold rather, than really he'd rather, hot. He'd rather, he'd rather play, question. He'd rather play on Hoff. Right. You know. You know why? Because you feel like you cannot breathe. And if you mm. ever worked out and did something and you had that really bad dry mouth. I did that once. Cotton mouth. <laughs> Never right? again. And you feel yeah, like oh, it's terrible. You, you can't get, swallow. You can't drink enough water either. At you, that point, it's too late. Yeah, you can't, <laughs> there's not enough water in the world to save you. So you can't swallow. And yeah. now it feels like you can't breathe. So you got that. The fact that you can't breathe. That's not good. You can't take clothes off. I mean, basically, I would wear nope. football pants and that was it. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. and the rest of me was completely nude. Right? So you you can't take jock on. I would hope. Good, no, uh, I never. I never no, wore a jock. No Protect jock. the boys. No, no I never jock. wore a jock. Because slow them down. Slow them yeah, down. I mean, how many? Even if you wear a jock, nobody puts a cup in it. So it's like yeah. the same no, baseball. No, it's more to hold everything in place nah, so I mean, that they're not dangling around everywhere. Those tight pants yeah. are tight enough, right? You know? <laughs> and I wasn't the fastest guy, so the no. the less restriction I had, Get the better I the felt. Stuff. You wanted full outline. I wanted to be completely streamlined. So the fact that you're you can even if you're down there for a couple days. What what it does, and Ben Volan said this, and I kind of agreed with him, all it does is it gets them past the, the excuse part of, damn, it's hot down here. You could do – them getting down there Tuesday means, all right, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we can com- complain about the heat. Yeah. But come Sunday, all right, it's not something where when I walked off the plane on a Saturday, I was still thinking about it's Sunday and warm. Mm-hmm. I was like, God damn, it's mm-hmm. hot down here. So to me, I think that's the biggest thing, and you can't get past it. You just, it's one of those things that you cannot get past. Uh, you mentioned Jalen Mills with us, Wiggy. Here was Jalen Mills on Friday with Gresh and Keith talking about the heat and prepping for it. I think the biggest thing is hydration. Like I said, it's, it's, 
the getting acclimated to this heat, which which we we're doing a good job right now, um, as far as coming up here early. But when the game time comes, you know it's going to like you said, 65 plays. It's going to be more intense. The adrenaline is going to be rushing. Um, guys are going to be flying all around the place. I'm going to be sweating a lot more. Um, so I think the biggest thing is is hydration. Pickle Stay juice. Hydrated, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good phone by Jalen Mills once again. Well, yeah, that, that, was, even, actually, that was the cleanest cut we had. It sounded better than I thought. I <laughs> yeah, was it, actually say. Did, it actually did that in real time. But, yeah, because you, you made the point. Like A lot of these guys are from Florida or, right. or Georgia or Texas. But Jalen Mills has played five years in Philly. Now right. this is his second year in New England. Like He's gotten right. kind of used to now the Northeast weather. Right. It's, just a, it's a difference down and, in Miami. And, and even if you're hydrated, right? Because yeah. usually you got to be hydrated regardless. That that's not the biggest thing. The biggest thing is you feel waterlogged because you can't stop sweating. Yeah. Right. So you you feel waterlogged. Everything feels heavy. You feel hot. I mm-hmm. mean, imagine trying to play football in a sauna, and you know mm-hmm. how you get in that sauna, you get that feeling. It's yeah. like, man, mm-hmm. I can't breathe. No matter where I go, you know, you're trying to get low to the ground because they're saying heat rises. So you you're at the <laughs> bottom of the sauna, like <laughs> you're crawling on the ground. You're like ah. Looking like, for like stay a, out here is the coolest oh, spot in the whole yeah. field. You're looking for that little piece of like cool air to kind yeah. of get in your your yeah. face and your mouth. There's none of that in a game like this. And then you throw the fact in there there might be thunderstorms. And Oof. we we know how that is, right? Down yeah. in, in Florida. I remember playing in Tampa one year. It felt like it was a thousand degrees. We went outside and warmed up. And next thing you know, the skies opened up and drenched us. And then we came back out and it was even hotter because of the rain. Ugh. So those elements you can never get by. The guys in Miami, they're used to that. They practice it in every day. They understand it. So for them, it's not as bad. That's why I say with cold weather, you know what you can always do? Layer up. Right. You can always layer up. It's funny. If you're looking at the entire slate of games today, every game is either inside or scheduled to be in the 70s. Right. All the outside games, except for the Miami game, is in the 90s. Like, this is the only one right. that it's really a factor for. I know day. in Chicago there might be some rain. And if yeah. there is rain right. in Miami, it does make me wonder sort of what will happen to the Miami offense from this standpoint. The Patriots are going up against a quarterback that's 3-0 and against them right. that nobody is afraid of, Keith. And we Nobody's talked about this on Friday, but you throw a little rain in there for a guy that might not be able to zip the ball pretty hard, or there's the question of the accuracy and things like that. You know, well, does- one of those reasons, I think, yep. and I saw the stat going around, is uh, Tua has thrown one career touchdown pass over 30 yards. Now that even includes That's almost hard to do. It is cuz even you throw a slant route that te- and then a guy right. takes it to the house right, that right, counts. Right. Like you know, you didn't throw the ball actually 30 yards, but they have this great list. I think Odell Beckham has thrown more 30-yard touchdown passes wow. than Tua has. Wow. I didn't realize. So like there's a lot of position guy like Walter Payton has like way more than right. Tua does. <laughs> and so that has to change. And when you have Tyreek Hill, hell, how many touchdowns has Tyreek Hill himself had over 30? Over 30? So I think there's just a lot of doubts about Tua. There was doubts about him staying healthy before, but there's also arm strength and things like that. And when you look at the league, so many guys are just of the Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence. Not that Trevor Lawrence is great, but that build, right? Right, right. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, Mm -hmm. Josh Allen. And then you have Tua, who looks kind of fragile, and you're not really sure you can do it. But isn't your guy similar to that? And he's not the biggest time. Yeah, no, I don't love him either. Right, so (laughs) if it is raining and and everything, and you you brought the rain, me and being part of it Mm. for a quarterback that might not be as accurate and might not have the arm strength, if it is raining like that, doesn't that affect you as well? I'd much rather have a guy where it doesn't have the arm strength, but guess what? All he has to do is just throw a little bubble screen or a slant to Waddle or Tyree Kill, and they have the capability of going 50, 60 yards. 
you don't have that capability. So what, Jacoby Myers ain't got legs? No, he don't got legs like that. You know what I mean? They, they running he's on banged up too. Apparently. Yeah, they're running on different tires. Yeah, Tyreek Hill is yeah. running on different tires. So catching a slant for Tyreek, like Tua doesn't need to have that Patrick Mahomes arm strength. No, he doesn't. Just no, get rid of the no, ball early. For me, it's the accuracy. The one thing we know Mac has is accuracy. The one thing we've seen from mm-hmm. Tua is the and and it's funny. Mike McDaniel did the big breakdown of you know normally when the ball comes out of a lefty's hand the. Right. T- the, the tip of the ball will tend to tail to the outside and da da da. And when they were selling two as like the most accurate guy in NFL well, history, that's, 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 right. that's what I heard on a podcast. Uh-huh. He said he's more accurate than uh, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. But Wiggs, yeah. what is the difference in catching a left-handed ball from from a le- from a lefty versus a righty? Did you ever get across a lefty in your football life? Yeah, I did. I uh, uh, I played with Brock Hewitt, who was a left-handed quarterback. What's the difference? I don't have a damn clue. <laughs> I don't get this whole tailspin and whatever. It's not like they're throwing knuckleballs. When the ball comes out, whether it comes out of a left-handed quarterback, a right-handed, or a damn jugs machine, yeah, it's still like I'm just looking at the ball as it's coming towards me. It's not tailing left or right unless it's windy or something like that. Mm. I never really understood that when they go, oh, you know what? You yeah, see the just ball. Just put the ball there. I'll catch the ball there. Right. Like, yeah, yeah it, I always it, wondered about that too. If 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 I if there was a left-handed quarterback, and I don't know if you ever played catch with them or whatever. It's no different. You, yeah. you can't tell the difference as a receiver. So I think like that is the biggest. Um, I feel like there might be more of a difference, and I could be crazy here, but going from like a six-foot-tall quarterback to like a six-five quarterback, because I feel like where the ball's coming from right, is but, a little bit different. But remember this. When you're running a route, for the most part, mm-hmm. unless you're really running a slant route, yeah. you might not always see the ball leave the quarterback's hand. No, that's true. You're so, working on your route. Yeah, yeah, you turn so, around, there's the ball. Yeah, so, so you're trying it, to... How it gets there, who cares? Right, as, as, long, as, it, as yeah. long as it gets there in front of me yeah. and, you know, eye level where I can, you know, you know, put my hands on it. So that's a, that's a lot of the times that's what happens. Unless it's like a short pass or a slant where you're actually... You could see the quarterback or he's laid on it. Yeah. But I never really... Like, to me, that was the biggest and most made-up thing I ever heard in my life where people are like, oh, yeah, the ball comes out differently. It then. is kind of odd, though, that I know the percentage of lefties in the world is very small, mm-hmm. but there's one quarterback in the whole league. Right? They, Honestly, just, I yeah. think I think some coaches don't like don't lefty quarterbacks because it forces you as a play caller to invert everything. Yeah. yeah. No, and it's too... And for right. some, yeah. I mean, I think just for some, it's like... It kind of crazy. I don't want to really have to add that layer of complexity out, to my guy. You know? They well, that, that like might, Boomer Esiason, Steve Young. Right. Like, two of the great... Like, two MVP quarterbacks. Like, to me, Wiggs, that's where it's more... Yeah. Like, it's not the ball coming out of the lefty's hands. It's the fact that you're play, play calling for a left-handed quarterback. Right. And now, basically, you're you're... Backside protection is on the right side of your That's offensive right. line. So I could see those elements being different, the way that you want to run play action, those type of things. But I never really, when people said that, listen, as somebody who's caught in a lot of footballs from a lot of different quarterbacks, it makes no difference. All right. The only difference is, does the guy throw hard? Or does he not throw hot? Right? Yeah. That's the difference. I've seen some guys like Bledsoe had a cannon on him. The ball whistles, right? Yeah, Just like shoots. like that thing when you caught it, you were almost like it was almost knocking you back. Yeah, I don't think you have that problem with Tua. <laughs> right. I don't think he's gonna knock you down with it. If anything, you get a tip it to yourself yeah. or something like that. Or I played with guys and they said uh Brett Favre was like that. Favre would throw it throw so hard. Yeah, with like a fastball and like dude, yeah. I'm five yards away yeah, from you. Just stop. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> Not you're necessary. You're trying to throw it through me, but, the, yeah, but that. that's the only difference mm-hmm. is catching a ball that's coming at a higher rate of speed is much more difficult to catch than somebody who 
you always heard touch or doesn't have the arm strength. It's a little bit easier to, to catch those footballs. Mm-hmm. But I played with Peyton Manning, and I told, I've told this story all the time. Peyton Manning throws the most wobbly football that I've ever seen from any quarterback. But as long as it gets there, yeah. you, you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He, he don't have this Marvin great... Harrison could catch it. Reggie right. Wayne could catch it. I mean, figure but it out. Yeah. Have you ever seen like Peyton? He don't like he doesn't have this beautiful. It's throw. not like a dart. It's not like a Justin Herbert. Tight spiral. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right. not the beautiful throw no. that you see in movies. Right. But like right. a, a Dan Marino ball, you know. Joe Kane from the program. That's what I was just going to say. <laughs> what was it? Jimmy whatever. Don't throw the flag. Yeah. That was a perfect spiral ball right there. But yeah, that's the only real difference. So I never regressed. I never really understood. When people said that, I was like, I don't see mm-hmm. where they're. But I'm more like you. It really is about flipping your it's offense. It's the play caller. And it's just whether or not a guy throws hard or he doesn't throw as hard. They're, those yeah. are the guys you have to say because now you have to be really, really focused. All right, we're off and running on this NFL Sunday. We're going to get into the Patriots offense and start to unpack that a little bit. Who is the prime target today for the Patriots offense? We will cover some fantasy football coming up at uh, 1045 to get you ready. Tom Curran will be with us at 11 o'clock. We will look at the Patriots defense. Nobody really talking about them. We'll also have an actives for you at 1130. And of course, your picks, your best bets, the gambling. We've got you covered, leading you into Red Sox pregame at 12.05. Our guy, Ethan, is in for a quick trending. Fresh and Keith, weekdays 10 to 2. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. All right, trending now is brought to you by Cars for Kids, the easy way to donate your car. Donate today and your car can be picked up tomorrow. Go to carsforkids.com or 1-877-CARS-FOR-KIDS. So the NFL's week one is here, and the Patriots are getting set to play the Dolphins in Miami at 1 p.m. As mentioned, it is going to be a hot one, and it's going to be nasty out there. So best of luck to them. Jacoby Myers and Ty Montgomery are both currently listed as questionable. Isaiah Wynn went out of his way to tell everyone he plans on playing today, so hopefully he'll be good to go. We will have an update for that as well later on in the show. The Red Sox down the Orioles yesterday, winning 17-4. Devers kicked things off early with a grand slam in the first inning, and the Sox never took their foot off the gas from there. The Sox are expected to wrap up this three-game series with the Orioles this afternoon, with first pitch being set for 1.05 p.m. And you can, of course, catch the pregame show with Rob Bradford right here on the Shaw's and Star Market Red Sox Network. In college football around Boston, UMass getting absolutely waxed 55-10 versus Toledo, and then Boston College falling 27-10 to Virginia Tech. I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but VT came out uh, to enter Sandman. And I mean, at that point, what are you going to do? Well, mm-hmm. yep. They've pretty done, good. They've done that forever. <laughs> that is that stadium's deal. pretty cool, though. That stadium is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, their whole facilities is dope. Their yeah. whole facilities. Yeah, good setup. Uh, and then to cap things off, the big news that came out last night in the NFL, the Ravens offering a massive $250 million deal to Lamar Jackson. He turned it down. It included $133 million fully guaranteed, uh, but obviously not quite what he was looking for. He wanted something more along the lines of what Deshaun Watson got, and both sides in good faith just could not reach a deal. So at this well, point Well, I mean, that's now, less than 135 I would have turned that down, too. Deshaun Watson is $100 million less than right, Watson. Right, but I, I don't think he's going to get the Deshaun Watson. No, he's but not. He's should get 135 is less than Kyla Murray got guaranteed. Uh, well, depending no, on study I habits, think, I think Murray's is less guaranteed. Yeah. I thought Murray's was a real like. Oh, was it? Okay. Soup yeah. of, like, it was tied was into him yeah. studying. Wilson yeah. got 124, and then Murray got 103.4. 103. The Ravens, really? Yeah. The Ravens only guaranteed 103. Are, the Ravens are sticking to the half of the deal is fully guaranteed, like every other quarterback has in the league, not yeah. Deshaun Watson. Yeah. 
Uh, but that is uh, what's trending here at WEI and WEI.com. What do we expect offensively and rap sheet on offensive coordinator and play calling duties next? After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. One of the biggest mysteries of this offseason. Who's going to be the Patriots play call after Josh McDaniels left to be the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders? My understanding, Matt Patricia, the senior football advisor, also coaching the offensive line, is expected to be the Patriots offensive play call, which maybe shouldn't be that much of a surprise. He did it a lot in practice, did in the scrimmages, but he is expected to take over with a heavy hand uh, from Bill Belichick. A heavy hand heavy from hand. Bill Belichick. That is rap sheet earlier today on the NFL Network. It is NFL Sunday. It's Gresh. It's Keith. It's Wiggy with you. We're going to take you right up to Red Sox pregame at uh, 12.05. So what is the balance? What is the happy medium? What is the, I don't know, how do you take that, Wiggs? What is Bill Bella, a heavy Bill Belichick influence? What does that mean to you? I think that it means what Bill used to do in the past where he would say, hey, Charlie, let's throw it here. Let's run play action. Hey, can we run the ball here? Is it time to dial up a trick play? That's what Bill used to do. Where, hey, what about that play we practice on? Is this a good time to, to pull that out? Now I think it becomes more of let's run this play. Let's run that play. Call this play. Call that play. I want this specific play called right here, Matt. So I think it becomes more of that when when you hear him say a heavy hand. And now the influence of Bill is Bill is actually telling the offensive coordinator or the play caller, I want this specific play called, where in the past he didn't do that. So at what point should Bill just be the one talking to Mac in the headset? Well, because if, Bill, if Bill's talking to Matt and then Matt has to relay it in and Matt's yeah. not even calling the plays, what's the point? Well, but in the way the Wig laid it out, there's a difference between sort of the head coach saying to the OC, hey, don't forget about this, or hey, this might be a right time to do this, versus, hey, Matt, the zone scheme isn't working. Scrap Let's go it. back to running between the tackles, right? Mm-hmm. Where it feels like with Bill, and, and you mentioned Charlie, and I know it's going back 20 years. That it was how about a, a, a friendly suggestion, right? Mm-hmm. Or it was the, hey, maybe this might work, figure out how to work it in, versus an edict. Mm-hmm. Where, Matt, we can't run outside. Right. Stop doing it. Let's go to the right. you know zone game between the tackles or the, you know, let's just double team everybody and get five right. yards. We had Charlie Weiss on one time on, on the Gray Hill show, and Charlie was like, and this is what I knew. Charlie was basically like, Bill left him alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like Bill, every now and then, Bill would chime in and go, "Hey, you know, w- w- you know." Like it's it, Bill's decision to go for it on fourth down, right. but everything else is right, right, right. You yeah, know, that's the, right. The offensive right. coordinator. Hey, Charlie, what do you think of him? Maybe yeah. you take a shot, and Charlie go, "Nah, I don't really feel it." Okay, <laughs> okay, right. And, and <laughs> yeah. so I think that was part of this would be opposite, of right? That. Like they had a good relationship, but I think also that was part of why Charlie ultimately left because 
I think it was like Charlie's doing everything offensively, but Bill's getting the credit, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it was the same way kind of with Josh McDaniels. I think Bill was probably like, hey, Josh, you know, what, what, you know, what are we thinking here in this situation? Is this a good time to maybe run a toss? And Josh goes, eh, you know what, Bill, maybe not. Man. Let me see if I can run a few more plays. And then uh, Bill goes, okay. But now if you're telling me it's going to be now Bill saying run a toss, Run the shot play. Hit him with a screen. Hit him with a screen. Something like that. And not yeah. just a screen. I want like this. a specific the play. Like right. That's yeah. much different than pass, run, go for right. it. Deep yeah, play, yeah. short right. play. If you're getting into specifics, then I say just take out the middleman because you're just delaying time. Like If you want Mac to be up there and assess the defense, why go from one guy? So Bill has to think of the play, say the play to Matt, and I know it's only a matter of seconds, but right. sometimes that's the difference between a delay a game or not. Well, or, then that or leaves the, that, the, then that might leave running the game in Matt Patricia's hands. And do you want that? Because uh, because then because if Bill's going to be involved in calling the offensive plays, then it'll be like, yeah, we're going to punt. But then yeah, it's but like, the, uh, the reason <laughs> the reason why, Rich, I think it it becomes more of Bill can still do it that way, and then go, hey. I want to run this on defense. I want to run that on defense. Yeah, he can go walk away. Yeah, go yeah. to that if need be. And it, then come, yeah, yeah. Right. If right. he just completely says, hey, I need to, like, take over the offense. Now, you got to understand, right, when the defense is out there, Bill now has to be over there with the offense going, we're going to run this, we're going to run that. Hey, this next series, we're going to set this play up to set that play up. Mm-hmm. Whereas if he just kind of chimes in and overrules them at times, he now can still be like, I don't like what's going on in defense, and whether it's uh, Mayo or his kid, go scrap that. I want this specific blitz ran next series, and he'll still be able to kind of juggle the two. And that, to me, that's going to be the hardest thing to do because think about there's been times when we saw Bill Belichick on the sidelines, not even over there with the offense, and just focused on the defense. Or when the defense came off the field, he ain't even looking at what's going on offensively. Now he's going to have to juggle or he's gonna have to live in both of those worlds where he can't turn his back yeah. to the field as much because is he you don't think even on defense he's not confident enough in them to just turn it over to them no probably not well no. what head coach doesn't meddle on some level well like, you know they, what i mean they, like all early, those guys i mean they all do right you're the head coach you're in charge right. of all of it but my guess is Mike McDaniel isn't going to be quite as invested in the defense oh, as some of the other no. head coaches are yeah, yeah. Sean McVay Especially early when it was old man Wade Phillips there. Well, like, they you got set the defense, that up because the offense. They, I mean, and that was also set up because they didn't trust quite. It was like we got to let McVay sort of grow into the role a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but I think there's Whereas some of those Bill, teams, Yeah, if he just says I'm going to call the offensive plays, then I think Wiggs is more right than wrong in terms of the you're giving up your chance to impact the game a little more mm-hmm. differently. And what is the role of Joe Judge in all this? <laughs> I think his role is limited. I, w- I, w- I mean, I wish it was just special teams, <laughs> yeah. but I don't think it is. I think he's the guy that it, when Matt Patricia is talking to the O-line, Joe Judge will talk to Mac Jones. But That's Matt it. Patricia's going to be talking to right. Mac Jones just as much, if not more. But who does Bill talk to? Like, does he talk to both of those guys? Like, if he no. ever whispers something in Matt's ear. Probably more to Matt than Does Joe. Judge end up hearing no. that and knowing it because he's got to be in the loop because the, he's the guy that's got to talk to the quarterback. No, Judge is that's like. That's a part of this that is very fascinating Judge is to me like, today. Judge is like, 
Mac comes over to Judge and, and goes, oh, "Okay, we're running. Um, we're running this specific play next series. Uh, that's what Matt and and Judge is like. Oh, we are. Okay, I, I didn't Great. know that. Okay, yeah, yeah. he's like, good that. idea, good call. Yeah, like that. He's more of like just a quarterback coach. When the guy, when the quarterback yeah. in the uh, uh, when the offense coordinator is done talking to him, he then goes over to Matt and goes, "Hey, what did Matt P say?" Mm-hmm. And then you know where that. So I think he's very limited on what, in my opinion. But, Rich, I think you hit a bigger point that you were kind of going down the street a little bit of is when you start to, like, you start to, like, look at how the things are going to be done on the offense. You talked about Sean McVay not really getting involved. See, I think where you're going is right on because most of those guys are usually – I've been an offensive guy my whole career – I don't mess with defense. Mm-hmm. I've been a defensive guy my whole career. I don't mess with offense. Now that I'm the head coach, I let I hired the OC. Hire so, a really smart guy on the other side. Whatever your side is, hire right. somebody on the other side. We, yeah. are, we are in a world. But how do you find someone smarter than Bill? Right, but that's what I'm saying. Not Patricia. <laughs> <laughs> right, but we're now in a world, Rich, where you got a guy who knows defense more than anybody, mm-hmm. and now he is going to insert himself into the offense but especially the guy he uh, entrusted to run the offense has been a defensive guy his whole career. Yeah, that's what's just so, so strange about the whole operation. And, no, Bill is one of those head coaches that clearly can do both sides of the ball. He's still always going to be kind of known as a defensive genius, but mm-hmm. he can do both. The problem is it goes all it goes back to how he's filled out his coaching staff altogether where he is by far the best at each thing, where you're kind of spreading him pretty thin. Right. Because even now that Dante Scarnecchi is gone, Bill's probably the best to coach the O-line. All like right. He's so, uh, top to bottom. So then let's ask this question, because everybody will criticize the coaching mm-hmm. and then the talent. But if Bill O'Brien were here, would everything be different? I'd feel way better. Yeah, well, we would, well, we would yeah, feel better, feel but better. would the results be different on the field? Because I think so. everybody has crapped on the yeah. coaches, and the only people who have been crapped on just a little less than the coaches had been the offensive talent and the skilled guys and the quarterback. I think you'd be better. Because I'm because here's the thing. Slight upgrade. Because here's the thing. If Bill O'Brien were here and everybody would be like, oh, they'll be functional on offense, it's 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 turned into, well, it's Matt Patricia. There's no way they're going to be functional well, let me on ask offense. You this. Hang on. But if Matty P is at least better than we think, then... Good Lord. No, but that's the it's thing. It's possible. I mean, I guess it's but possible. That, like, but- if, like if Bill O'Brien were here, mm-hmm. we would feel so much different about the offense from a play-calling standpoint that we would start to either look past or then it would be like, well, Bill O'Brien were here. He could take these guys and do something. But we automatically look at it as, well, Matt Patricia can't do anything with these guys. And then there's the question of the talent, which has been panned pretty widely here in New England. But but if you the reason why, if you look at who is he be, who is who's the better offensive coordinator and how much better is the guy than the other guy. How much better is Bill O'Brien? There's a big gap. There's a giant gap, yeah. right? right? Because we've seen so it much to overcome an alleged talent gap that has been referenced a billion times right. on this. There's station. still a talent. There's right. still a talent gap, but. Josh McDaniels, for example, got a pretty good rookie year out of Mac Jones last year, and you felt like, all right, here's a good offensive coordinator, and that's what that looks like, and can you build on that? Mm -hmm. And then you take the guy, and it's not even hyperbole. I think it's the worst choice in the league. Like, outside of somebody you've never heard of. Right. of, of, Of NFL coaches you've heard of over the last five years, a defensive coordinator turned failed head coach now running an offense for the first time? Horrible decision. Yeah. So Bill O'Brien gives you a little bit more faith. You'd say, all right, maybe a step down from Josh because Mac Jones and Josh had a 
working relationship, and then you have to make an adjustment to somebody new. But Bill O'Brien called successful offenses here, a successful offense in Alabama, right. and, and Houston, he's used to doing that. He, he, he even took, Houston. He took, right. You know, I mean, when Deshaun Watson was there, they were pretty good. Yeah. There's a track record. See, that's the issue. Mm-hmm. There's a track record from one guy who's been a play caller, the majority, excuse me, an offensive play caller, the majority of his coaching career, and that's mm-hmm. Billy O'Brien. Mm-hmm. So you still have a talent issue, but what by what you're able to make up for because you don't have as much talent as a guy who's done it for so long, right? You've seen people that are like, oh, this guy's done it for so long. And, you know, it's like you, go, you take your car to a mechanic. Maybe he don't have the best tools, but he's been a mechanic for 30 years. Versus you take a guy, you take your car to a mechanic who for the last 15 years, the guy's been an electrician. You're like, "Mm." they got fixed stuff before. Yeah, right. So Wings Wings just described my dad. He worked in all the different areas of the coal mine so he could fix everything. Right. So he rewired our house. So what happens is you still have a talent issue. But you're able to get a little bit more out of the talent because you understand how to set certain things up. You understand how to game plan. You understand how to do this. It just – and Ty Law said this, and he was spot on. And, listen, Ty knows Bill better than anybody. He said, find me one – if he was an owner, he would never hire Bill Belichick to call his offense. Find me one owner that would go, you know what? I want Bill Belichick to run my offense. Well, they would want Bill Belichick to be an executive within the no, 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 company, to run everything no, no, else. No, no, to run their no, everything but, else. Right, yeah, but, but to but run their offense. No, right. The point that, the point yeah, that I'm it. trying to make is that he is unbelievable when it comes to running an organization and being a head coach. But now you're telling me he's going to run the offense. Well, because here's what it comes back to, right? If Matt Patricia, who, again, at least understands the concept of play calling from a defensive standpoint, if they score 24 points today, mm-hmm. aren't we going to be like – so let me just ask that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they hit 24 today on offense, what you feel, will be what? Feel be- uh, surprised, for one. But, yeah, I mean, I'm listen, I think it's not going to go well, but I can be, I've can. i been wrong, right? Like there's, right. De- there's definitely an opportunity for first-year play callers to have success. Usually there's been some sort of offensive grooming, though, right? And that's why mm-hmm. I thought it was a little weird right. when Bill was like, oh, well, this was is normal year? stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> What the hell he was doing last year? I, I thought either, he was more Ernie Adams or Nick Casario than he was too. even Josh McDaniels. But every, when he's like, Josh never got. I understand that at some point, mm-hmm. all these offensive guys had to call plays for the first time. Yes. I get it, right? right? Nobody has five years experience before they start, right? That's like <laughs> when you're looking for jobs out of college and they're like, 10 years experience. Like, 10 years experience? <laughs> 20 years old? What the hell? But, uh, but they usually are the QB coach, right. or they are the offensive coordinator assistant, or they are watching, like, Char- Josh McDaniels got to watch Charlie Weiss he for was six tied years to his hip. and just watched for six right. years. Patricia's been doing so many other roles. Yeah, you're right. There is a chance where he comes in, and he would make everybody, he would make Bill look smart, mm-hmm. and he'd make all of us, myself included, look dumb. See, if I, that happens. Right, but I would ask this question because everybody goes, everybody. the first thing they go is, goes, who better to tell Mac how a defense is ran than yeah. a defensive guy? Well, I would say this, right? <laughs> If that's the case, why haven't we seen this done before? Right. How, why, come, Buddy, why, how come Buddy Ryan wasn't right. an offensive coordinator? Why, why wasn't Dick LeBeau ever an offensive right. coordinator? I don't, yeah. I right. don't why weren't these great defensive-minded guys going, you know, why weren't this some coach? You want, go- you want Rex Ryan calling your offense? Perfect. He, he knows defenses. Who <laughs> he better? really got a good quarterback play. Right. Yeah, so no, so, so if, thi- if this was like, because everybody, that's the instant crutch people go to. Oh, who better than who better to tell Mac what they're trying to do on yeah. defense than a guy 
who knows defenses. Well, then why haven't you seen this before? The Bill, reason could, why- either be, Bill, Bill could either be starting a new trend or he could get laughed <laughs> Well, yes and no, only because Bill did it with Brady, right? Remember Brady described the whole, he moved the, he flipped it upside down for right. me and it made me say, that's why I, th- I think some fans romanticize about that. But in reality, it was greatest coach of all time meets now we know greatest quarterback of all time in terms of doing that I and opening to- up the, the, open up the mindset. When I was with the Jets, mm-hmm. The number one thing that I did every day after practice, I worked with Roman Pfeiffer. And I worked with, and it was more so to get him ready, right? And I was just, you know, but I would ask him questions. Like we would go one-on-ones, run blocking this, and and I would ask him questions, okay, what makes, you know, what what makes this specific way I block you? more difficult than this way Mm -hmm. to try to get in the mind of a defensive guy. Why do you play coverage that way? Why do you cover a man this way? So I could try to get into a mind. Mm -hmm. And so I learned, and I would do the same thing with Belichick. I would ask him after practice, why you guys play coverage that way? So I could, because here I am on the show team running the the scout team offense. And so I want to know. So if I ever do get my chance, I have an understanding of what they're trying to do on the other side of the football. But I was still an expert on when it came to offense. I might have known why they were doing things, but I couldn't. There's a lot of more nuance in there. Yeah, yeah. So do you practically really... apply your knowledge yeah. to right. the play you're running on that down? Right. So if your whole career, the majority of your career for Matt Patricia has been a defensive guy, it's one thing to say, okay, I'm going to put you on the offensive side and have you learn on the Skarnecchia for three, four years. Then maybe I'll put you at the wide receiver position. Then maybe the running back so you can learn on the – you know, and have all these different things on the offensive side of the ball. Now guess what? I need you to call plays. You've been doing this for six years. That's one thing. But when the majority of your, your focus the past five, six, seven, eight, ten years has been defense, and now I'm handing you – the keys to the car and saying call the plays on offense is going to be growing pains. Mm-hmm. And that's oh, my yeah. – so that's the way I look at it. Like this whole thing is an experiment, and when you see experiments, there's a lot of things that go wrong. Like this oh, – yeah. that, and that's where – I don't and I hear you guys talk about this, and you and I are kind of on the same page. Mm-hmm. Like how do people think they're just going to be able to turn this on with Matt P? Yeah. I don't, I don't see it. And the other thing, too, is when Josh McDaniels would call a bad play or there'd be a third down and it, people would get mad, people mm-hmm. would, but nobody's calling for his job or saying Bill's stupid to have him there or whatever. When there's already so many questions around it, yeah. every play is going to just oh. be under a magnifying glass. You know, tomorrow there's going to be three or four times where we're like, what the hell was that? Right. And you're going to be like, well, did Bill actually call that play? Right. Did Matt call that play? There's going to be a lot of, And we know. used to get those with a play caller that now people yeah. have turned right. into, uh, you know, one of the better play callers in, of all time in Josh McDaniel. And I used to, <laughs> right. like, even and then, he's only going to get like, better as the yeah, season right. goes on. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I used yeah, to yeah. throw the remote at the TV. What the hell are you <laughs> running a toss on third and five yeah, right, four? Right. You are the dumbest coach yeah, I've ever Brandon seen. Bolden. Right. Yeah, Brandon Bolden toss. Now what's going to be next? Right. I don't know. And you and that's a tremendous point. Yeah. He's going to hear this noise like oh, so yeah, yeah, every yeah. single play and I choose to laugh. We we used to criticize <laughs> This is why Bills to get out in front of it and be like blame me, blame Put me, blame me and you're like, "All right, you're you can get blame too, but oh, yeah. it's, it's going to go around." But that's a great point, Rich. Yeah. We used to criticize Josh McDaniels in, all the time. And he was one of the best play callers right. to do it. Right. So, you don't think we're going to sit there and go Ah, that's what the hell happens, Bill, when you try to hire a defensive guy to mm-hmm. run an offense. 100%. And and What's that do to Mac Jones? Everybody, like, people like Shime and I, they always come down on us. We're like Mac Jones haters. No, we're Mac Jones well, realist, right? So if you're a guy that needs pieces around you 
and you need a good offensive coordinator because you can't really elevate guys based on your skill set alone, and you then take a lot all those pieces away from him. How does Mac? How does Mac Jones then continue to trend upwards? Maybe it's because he's going to have a bigger say in all of this, and that will start to unfurl today when the Patriots take on the Dolphins at one o'clock. Uh, big day for fantasy players as well. Week one, baby. I know Thursday's already in the books, but you got some tough decisions to make. Keith has got all of the fantasy-related info and a big, big piece of a uh, fantasy offense for you out there. It's not going to be playing today for a certain team. We'll fill you in on all that next on NFL Sunday. We know that you are going to be fantasy ready today. It is week one of not only the NFL season, even though we had a game on Thursday, some people didn't listen to Rich Keefe and played Cam Akers. Said stay away from Cam Akers. Smart move. Yeah. Might be the only good advice I give you all year, but it was a hell of a way to start. <laughs> we always know? have that. What did you know? I knew that he's not that good. He's still like uh, recovered from an injury. The Buffalo defense sprinkled that in there, too. I thought it was not going to be a good matchup. I certainly didn't know they were barely going to use him. Right. He got no burn. I thought he might have, like, you know, four or five points. He had zero. It was crazy. And I know he was useless. He barely played. Yeah. Well, and I know, Rich, you and I were like, yeah, are the Rams really going to be hellfire and brimstone yeah. because it's all, let's hang the banner, let's accept our flowers. Cooper Cup gave you a Cooper Cup game, and that was it. And that, that was it. it. Now, there is some thought of buying low on Allen. Robinson because Allen Robinson was so bad people made such a big deal how Stafford didn't throw to him right that maybe they start to kind of go the other way make up for it a little bit oh I like that so I think if, if a guy in your league is willing to is a so frustrated with Robinson that it'll trade him for a bag of balls do it you paid do all it. that money for him yeah. why the hell would because you throw the Rams are still going to be good like I, right. I really do think they're going to be fine and you know was it last year when the Packers looked awful week one <laughs> yeah. and then we're fine they, 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 they turned it around and they were great the rest of the they lost to New Orleans and got pants yeah like 28-3 or 31-3 or something like that. So there's always those weird ones, right? There's always like a good team losing to a bad team. That's not the case on Thursday. Those are two really good teams, I think. But that offense is going to look better. I still don't love Cam Akers for the season. Right. But Allen Robinson, I think you could you could play him. And I think Odell's going back. If if the Robin there? If the Robinson experience doesn't continue to get better, because uh, and I guess it, it more depends on what you get from Van Jefferson. Yeah, because he's once he coming back, he's, right. he's out for a while. So I think mm-hmm. it's more like, because right now, I, and I think I heard you guys talking about this on Friday, I think, Rich, you said, yeah. it can't just be Cooper Cup. It, it's got to be they got, right. yeah. they got somebody else. Higby, the tight end, got to eat a little bit, but it was kind of fourth quarter garbage time. By the way, speaking of tight ends, the expectation is George Kittle will not mm. play today That's a big for blow. the 49ers. That is a uh, big deal. And, uh, Keith, I know you got not only more fantasy news, but, yeah. like, perfect lineup. Perfect lineup for today. For you, you daily want... fantasy players. Yeah, that's right. If you're interested in this, I'm going to go spend big money on quarterback this week. Justin Herbert, I think, is going to have mm-hmm. uh, an MVP season oh, starting yeah. the year against the Raiders. Big division game. Raiders don't have the best defense, specifically secondary. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think it could be a big game for Herbert. Saquon Barkley. Okay. Running back healthy. Right. They give him the ball a ton. I don't know how many games he's going to play. Right. But he's he- healthy right now. So Dable, Saquon Barkley. I think Dable uses him in the right way. I, I like, think so. I like that. Uh, Travis Etienne had his whole rookie year yep. wiped out due to injury. Jacksonville playing Washington today. Mm-hmm. Doug Peterson taking over. I could see a big bounce back here for Trevor Lawrence. And if so, I bet Etienne, his college teammate out yes. of the backfield, could have a big one. He so loves I like him. him. Uh, big money uh, for wide receiver number one, Jamar Chase. 
Cincinnati against Pittsburgh, Jamar mm-hmm. Chase. I think you could, you know, he might be in a lot of perfect lineups throughout the year. Uh, then I'm going cheap with my other two receivers. Marquez Valdez Scantling. Oh, uh, okay. First game with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs as they are taking on Arizona. And Sammy Watkins. Really? With this the is Green Bay Packers. And week one, week one, Sammy Watkins mm. is a thing. The last three week ones, he has had really, really good games. Now he disappears the rest of the year, and he's right. been very disappointing his whole career. But Alan Lazard looks like he's going to be out. Mm-hmm. The other two receivers that are going to play for the Packers are rookies. So maybe Aaron Rodgers isn't on the same page just yet with those guys. So Sammy Watkins, I think, is in line for another good week one. Uh, I'm going with Darren Waller, big money at tight end. Uh, just signed that new extension. He's yep. got a big money coming his way. Flex spot, a little bit of an unknown, but I'm going rookie Chris Olave as the Saints are taking on Atlanta. I think Jameis wins. I think that offense is going to score some points. Okay. You know, Kamara and Michael Thomas. He's not and, eating a lot of W's, but he's, no, he's scoring. No, but so I think he's going to get some points. <clears throat> and then I'll go with the top defense this week, San Francisco, as they're going up against Justin Fields mm-hmm. and that terrible Bears offense. Right. So I would expect a few turnovers for them. So that's the uh, the week one. Can I throw you a, little, ahead, uh, a little wide receiver fantasy nugget in there? Of course. As long as it's quick. Of course. Juju. Another oh, guy Juju I Smith thought Schuster of, yes. Kansas City. Juju. Somebody's yep. going to emerge there yes. with all those Tyree Kill passes. Yeah, You're and right. I think he could be that guy. Possible. So if you, you know, I don't know what you'd buy cheap on him, right? Yeah, he's not that expensive. Right. He's 5200 which uh Skinling is 4700 So you got to pay a little bit more for Juju. But, yeah, that's a good call. But too. it might be yeah. uh, worth it. By the way, uh, NFL Sundays in part brought to you by Zudi. Build any app your company needs in a week. Visit Zudi, that's Z-U-D-Y, dot com for your free trial. Uh, we will get to the Patriots defense matching up against Miami at 1130. The inactives are uh, going to be out. We got our picks, our best bets. We'll get into the gambling as well at 1145 but we will talk the latest with the patriots with tom e curran of nbc sports boston next we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.